Hey, good morning, everyone. Thanks for joining us this morning as we uh, worship with song and with the word. Isn't it great to sing Christmas music? Can you believe Christmas is here? I think some of us thought it would never come, but uh, we're here. It's Christmas time, and we're continuing our 100 days uh, of looking at some of the spiritual disciplines of our faith, habits and rhythms that can put us in a place where we can grow in our relationship with God. Last week, we talked about fasting and how fasting is a statement of dependence on God. And today, we're going to look at a couple more disciplines that demonstrate our complete and total dependence on God. And those two disciplines are resting and simplicity. Resting as in, in keeping a Sabbath day each week. And, and simplicity as in having a single-minded focus on seeking first His kingdom instead of all the earthly things that so complicate our lives. I think the timing of these two disciplines showing up just a few weeks out from Christmas is, is rather interesting and divinely ordained. This is one of, the, one of the busiest and most stressful times of the year. And if we need to think about resting and, and simplicity, this is the time. A couple of months ago, Don and I took some vacation time. We, we rented an Airbnb in the mountains and we just chilled. It was so good to simply vacate my mind. I think that's what vacation means, to vacate your mind and not think about anything very important. We read and we did puzzles and we sat around the fire pit and we stared at the mountains and, and the lake and the sunset. It was a beautiful spot and so quiet and so peaceful. It was so good. And we spent weeks planning this trip and looking forward to it. So how many of you are saying right now, oh man, that sounds so good. I'm going 24-7 and I'm so busy that I can't stop. I'm exhausted and I would love to even take a few hours or even minutes and just stare at nothing. Do you realize that God gave us a universal, timeless rhythm of doing just that for a whole day every single week of the year? A whole day to stop our everyday work and just catch our breath. The Bible calls it the Sabbath and God instituted it on the seventh day of creation and he designed it for all humanity for all time. But you say, wasn't that for the Jews and it no longer applies to us? Isn't that an Old Testament law and we're in the New Testament now? I would say no, a resounding no. For sure, the Sabbath was and is a huge part of Jewish life and culture. But keeping the Sabbath is one of the Ten Commandments, which is a statement of God's moral will for all humanity. And the Bible never says that the Sabbath is no longer to be practiced. But over the centuries, the Sabbath has become so bogged down with rules and legalism and lists of things you can and can't do. And is the Sabbath on Saturday? Is the Sabbath on Sunday? Is Saturday the Jewish Sabbath and Sunday the Christian Sabbath? There is so much confusion about the Sabbath that has, that has developed over the centuries that it seems that we've just completely thrown it out. And today there is very little regard for the Sabbath, even in the church, even among those of us who believe the Bible and believe the Ten Commandments. But think about what we have lost in ignoring what we think is a Jewish Old Testament law thing. I mean, think about this. God expects us to stop our work for a whole day every week. It is part of his moral will for us. He, he, he codified it in the Ten Commandments. 
How cool is that? Is that not something to look forward to? Wouldn't it be awesome to know that every week I get to take a whole day and I stop all my normal work, a whole day to read, to go to the beach, to, to go hiking, to spend relaxed time with friends and family, a whole day to actually demonstrate what I say I believe when I say that I trust God to provide all that I need. I trust God to get the things done that I need to get done. And, and, and a whole day to demonstrate that, that God is in control. He is sovereign over all this. And so I don't have to be anxious. I don't have to be uptight. Wouldn't we all look forward to that? Wouldn't that be a delight? Wouldn't that be a gift, a blessing? Well, yes. Yes, it is. And God gave that to us. Well, what I want to do this morning is take a, take a quick walk through Scripture so that you can see that keeping the Sabbath is truly for all of us today and not just for Israel. Then I want to define what the Sabbath is all about, its purpose and its value. And then I want to tie it together at the end with the discipline of simplicity. So on the seventh day of creation, God stopped his creative work and he rested. He instituted the Sabbath right at the beginning, long before Israel was on the scene. Listen to Genesis 2, verses 1 through 3. Thus the heavens and the earth were finished, and all the host of them. And on the seventh day, God finished his work that he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work that he had done. So God blessed the seventh day and made it holy, because on it, God rested from all his work that he had done in creation. Now those words, the words rested in these verses, are from the same Hebrew root word as the word Sabbath. Even though it's translated here as rested, the word literally means to stop. What God did on the seventh day was stop. He stopped his work of creation. He took a whole day to rest. And, and he took this whole day to remain stopped, if you will. Now, God wasn't tired from all his creative work in the previous six days. He didn't go, man, that was exhausting. I need a whole day off to rest and recover. No, no, he was modeling a pattern, a rhythm, for all humanity, for all time, including us today in the 21st century in Southern California. So as we think about how to practice the Sabbath today, as we talk about that, the first thing we need to understand is that the Sabbath is a day to stop our normal, regular work. One writer calls the Sabbath a stopping day. I love that. I think that's a great way to look at it. It's, it's a stopping day. The next key passage is in, in Exodus 16. Israel has escaped from 400 years of slavery in Egypt, and they're out in the wilderness, and they're complaining about no food. So God sends manna, but they have to go out every morning and gather the manna. If they, they, they have to gather enough for one day. If they gather more than enough for one day, in the morning it's rotten. Except on Friday. On Friday, they can go out and gather enough for two days because Saturday is the Sabbath. If they do go out to gather some on Saturday, they go hungry because there is no manna there. Now, the interesting thing about this story in Exodus 16 is that it happens before God gives the Ten Commandments, which means that Israel knew about the Sabbath before it is given as one of the Ten Commandments. Now, since they were slaves for 400 years in Egypt, I'm sure they didn't get a Sabbath day to stop work and rest. I'm sure Pharaoh and all of the Egyptian rulers didn't say, okay, guys, it's Sabbath, you don't have to work today. No, they worked seven days a week. They were slaves. 
So God needed to remind them of what their ancestors knew by forcing them to keep the Sabbath in the wilderness. They had 40 years in the wilderness to, to rebuild this discipline of stopping their work one day every, work, every week. And so we see here that one of the main purposes of keeping the Sabbath is to demonstrate our trust in God to provide for us. We, we, don't, we don't provide for ourselves in our own nonstop 24-7 work workaholism. And the Sabbath is not just a day to chill and take a nap and be lazy. It's a day to intentionally demonstrate that we truly do depend on God to provide what we need. Now, several chapters later, in Exodus 20, God reveals the Ten Commandments. These commandments, all ten of them, are a reflection of God's moral will for all humanity. And keeping the Sabbath is part of that. The fourth commandment is to keep the Sabbath. And that's part of his moral will that he gave to all humanity. Then we jump to the New Testament and, and we see Jesus repeatedly doing miracles on the Sabbath day and confronting the Pharisees. Seems like he's disobeying the Sabbath command, but really what he's doing is, is, is seeking to restore the Sabbath back to its original intent. His, his uh, flying in the face of Sabbath rituals and, and baggage that's built up over the centuries. The Sabbath had become a burden with so many rules and so many restrictions. It was no longer the joy and the delight that it was supposed to be. And then in Mark 2.27, Jesus states categorically that the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. In other words, the Sabbath is for our pleasure and delight. It's a gift of time for our good so that, so that we can flourish in life. It restores healthy rhythms of trust and rest and delight. It's a day when we have time to do good things for other people. It's a day to serve others without a rush, rush, rush time constraint. The Sabbath is an amazing gift that we have sadly too often neglected. And then Paul continues in Romans 14 and in Colossians 2. And, and what he's doing in those passages is removing the Jewish aspects of the Sabbath. The Jews had special sacrifices and rituals that went along with their Sabbath celebration. And what Paul does is he, he, he separates those Jewish elements from the, the Sabbath command that God gave us. And he moves the Sabbath forward into the church age with freedom and flexibility. No longer are we restricted to a Saturday Sabbath, or some would say the Christian Sabbath is a Sunday Sabbath. Uh, no longer are we restricted to those just those two days. The moral mandate to stop work one day each week still stands, but it can be whatever day works best for each family in each situation. And this is an important principle about the Sabbath. We have freedom in how we practice it. We are not obligated under these Old Testament, Old Covenant restrictions. Uh, many of you listening have to work on Saturday or Sundays. I'm a pastor. I work on Sundays typically. Or, or you're on a weird rotating schedule as a firefighter or whatever. But that's okay. It doesn't have to be Saturday or Sunday. Look at your schedule. Look at your life rhythms. Figure out what works for your weekly Sabbath. For example, Dawn and I take Monday as our Sabbath. 
we typically start our Sabbath on Sunday evening, and we are free to enjoy the day as we see fit. We don't have any hard and fast rules. We have some, some principles that we try to follow that we develop from Scripture. But, the, but, but our Sabbath day is a delight. We look forward to it every week. As, as the week winds down, there's this, oh, hang on, Sabbath is coming. Uh, what we do on the Sabbath day varies, but, but some of the things that we've done is we have these candles with three wicks in them. And we'll, we'll light them on, on Sunday evening and, and, and we'll say, okay, in the name of the Father, and light one wick. In the name of the Son, and light a wick. In the name of the Holy Spirit, and light a wick. We enter into our Sabbath time. And we keep the candle burning, not overnight, but we keep the candle burning through our Sabbath day. We do restful things. We'll, we'll read, uh, I'll work in my wood shop, we'll do crafts, we'll go for a drive to the beach or up into the mountains. Uh, we always have breakfast together, but often after breakfast we, we just talk and, and maybe we spend some extended time praying for family and friends. One of the things that I've tried to do is not even look at my phone all day. Keep it in a back room, upside down, so I can't even glance at it on the way by. Uh, for me, screen time is work time, so I just try not to look at it. But many will push back. Maybe you're pushing back right now. As I'm preaching and as you're listening, you're pushing back. And, and you're saying, but the Sabbath is an Old Testament thing. And it just seems like I'm being lazy and unproductive. There is so much that needs done, so much good work that needs done. And I simply don't have the time to stop for a whole day. Well, you know, interestingly, over the centuries, the Jews were in fact accused by other, other cultures of being lazy because they did stop work for one day. But there's more to the Sabbath than just sitting around all day doing nothing. At its core, keeping the Sabbath is about trusting in God's provision and not depending on myself. It's being content with the work that I can get done in six days. It is stopping the mad race to get ahead, to do more or to make more than the next person. Most of us would say we wish we had eight days or nine days or ten days in a week because we're always going to be doing more. God says you have six days to do your work and then you stop for a day. Sabbath is resting in the strong arms of a sovereign God who has it all under control, even if I don't understand, and we often don't understand. Now, of course, we should trust him every day, and, and I hope we do trust him every day, but by stopping our work for one day each week, we are demonstrating in a very practical and tangible way that we really do believe it. Another purpose for the Sabbath is that it is a, uh, it, it's a gift of time to nurture our relationships. Especially with God, I believe God gave the Sabbath to Israel so that they could take time to spend in his uh, word and in his presence and in prayer. But it's also time to build relationships with family and friends. Doesn't it sound wonderful to have extended time to just sit and read your Bible without looking at the clock because you have to leave for work soon? Or, or to have time to play board games with your family or, or with friends or linger over a casual dinner? The Sabbath is a gift of time to reset our lives and make sure that we're following God's purpose. It's a time to take our hands off the wheel of life and the craziness and the busyness and rest in his strong arms. So let's embrace it. Let's enjoy it. Let's develop that rhythm of life that gives us space to breathe and rest and enjoy his presence in one another.
So how do we, how do, we do Sabbath? What's that look like? Well, I just want to suggest a few ideas that can help us practice um, Sabbath. Uh, there's a lot, it's, again, it's, it's going to take a lot of work to build this into your life if it's not there now. But first of all, I would say just look at your life, look at your schedule, and, and find one day each week where you can stop your everyday work. I guarantee there is no day like that right now. Every day has stuff in it. You're going to have to rearrange, uh, make some adjustments, uh, cancel some activities, move things to different days. Um, I think Sunday could work for a lot of people. Uh, because you're already typically off of work and you're in church and you're, you're gathered with God's people in a corporate way. A good principle to use in observing the Sabbath, uh, something that we use, is don't do anything that you feel like you have to do to get ahead with your work. Like make phone calls or check your email or wash the windows or get ahead on that pile of laundry. Uh, don't do anything like that on the Sabbath day. Another, another great principle of Sabbath is, is spending time in nature and in creation. Take time to be intentional about seeing God's handiwork. Take a hike, go to the beach, or just sit in the backyard and look at the flowers and the birds. Look at God's creative genius and the things he has made and worship him in that time. Typically, we just do not have time to sit and literally smell the roses but the Sabbath day is a day to do that. On your Sabbath day, be, be intentional about thanking God for his provision. Be content with what you have done and earned and accomplished in six days. And, and so practice thankfulness and contentment. Those are two other spiritual disciplines that we're not going to get to talk about this fall. But be creative in how you do Sabbath. There's freedom. Don't be burdened by rules. I know there are challenges. Challenges in keeping a Sabbath day and schedule. If you have small kids, they need to eat. Well, we all need to eat. But if you have babies, their diapers need changed. There are still things that need to be done. Maybe your weekly Sabbath dinner is takeout pizza. I know there are all kinds of unique circumstances in, in the complexity of life. And it may take some time to change things around so you can take a Sabbath. But start the process. Dawn and I have been doing Sabbath for years, and we're still learning how to do it well. We still goof up, and at the end of the day, we look at each other and say, well, we kind of blew that Sabbath today. That's okay. Just start. Learn as you go. Make mistakes. And then pick it up again next week and do it again. The Sabbath is God's gift to us. Do we really want to look God in the face and say, Thanks, God, but I really don't want your gift. I don't think so. But I know there are many reasons why we might tend to ignore the Sabbath. If you're in a home group right now or whoever you're with, you're, you're about to discuss this. And I can imagine there's going to be all kinds of pushback. Or if you're watching alone, you might be pushing back in your mind right now. Or whenever and wherever you're listening to this, you might be pushing back. You might say, you know what? I don't need a day to rest. I'm just fine. But again, it's not about needing the rest as much as it is about demonstrating that we are utterly dependent upon God and demonstrating our contentment with not getting ahead by working 
Maybe you're afraid to stop for a whole day because of what's going on in your head and, and you know if you stop and just be still and, and rest that you'll have to deal with the pain or the questions or the, I don't know, voices in your head. Man, all the more reason to stop and let the Holy Spirit clean up that mess so you can flourish in life. Or you might say, yeah, right, my life is so busy and so complicated and so messed up, there is no way I can stop for a day. Indeed, we have made life way too complicated. And so we need to look at the discipline of simplicity. Perhaps you've heard of the discipline of simplicity in various forms, many of which are probably distorted. Oh, that's what the Amish do. They have no electricity and they wear boring clothes. Or you might say, yeah, life is way too complicated in the 21st century for simplicity to have any place in our lives. But simplicity does not ignore the complexity of life. Simplicity lives in harmony with complexity. Living a life of simplicity does not necessarily mean we live in a simplistic way, like boring clothes or, or whatever. Simplicity does have an impact on the external aspects of our life, even our clothes and the cars we drive and the possessions we have. But simplicity is, first of all, an inward reality, an internal attitude, a heart uh, work in our lives that then has outward implications. And those outward implications must flow from the inward reality. Uh, it, it is pure superficial legalism to try and look like we are living in simplicity without the inward reality. So what is simplicity? Well, the essence of simplicity is that there is really only one thing that I live for, and that is to glorify Jesus and advance his kingdom. Simplicity means that I can get rid of anything in my life that does not serve that goal of focusing on Jesus. Because I'm just a pilgrim passing through. This world is not my home. I don't need to put my roots down deep in this, in this world. I can eliminate unnecessary stuff and unnecessary activities and unnecessary obligations that don't lead to the goal of advancing the kingdom of Christ. I don't need the latest and greatest and newest and best. My father-in-law had a principle of simplicity that he lived by. I don't know that he knew it was a principle of simplicity, but he would say, use it up, wear it out, make it do, or do without. That's so good. So, so living in simplicity, I can, I can relax in my modest home. I can drive my modest car. I can wear simple clothes, and so on and so on and so on, because the things of this world ultimately don't matter. And God will provide what I need. He is the provider. Which, by the way, is no excuse for laziness or not working hard the other six days. Important principle of Sabbath is we work six days and stop for a day. That means we need to work six days. Listen to what Jesus says in Matthew chapter 6. Therefore, do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat? What shall we drink? What shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. That's simplicity. The single-minded focus on seeking first the kingdom of God, and then everything else falls into place after that. 
We can trust him to take care of the other stuff as we single-mindedly focus on him and his kingdom. So I can, I can stop working and producing and achieving and accomplishing for one day each week as a Sabbath because it all depends on him anyway. I probably took simplicity too far many years ago. We had a little Mazda hatchback car. It was a great car. In fact, it was a GLC, which means great little car, and it really was a great little car. But I was driving one day and I spun out on an icy road and I lost the front bumper in the grill. Dawn was driving one time and she went off the road and smashed the door and the window didn't work anymore. So we had a bungee cord holding up the driver's window and the driver's door would sort of close if you slammed it. I had a friend weld the bumper back on, but it ran well and got us around. Well, the church I was pastoring finally gave us some money to get a newer car because I think they were embarrassed. But you get the idea. Don't lay up for yourselves treasures on earth. Seek first his kingdom. Live in simplicity. And all these things will be added to you as well. So I have two challenges for us all this week. I want you to think about these challenges, pray about these challenges, ask God to guide you, uh, talk about them with your group or whoever you're with, or just be thinking about them through the week. Here's the first challenge is, is what is one thing that you can eliminate from your life in order to simplify and be less busy or less uh, uh, burdened down so you can obey God's mandate for us to Sabbath each week? One thing. Maybe you need to get rid of 10 things or 15 things or 50 things. That's great. But start with one thing. And the second challenge is this. What day will you take as a stopping day, a Sabbath day? If you're in a family or a household, you'll have to work together on this. But even if you live alone, this is, this is going to be a challenge. Don and I have a favorite song right now, and the lyrics are as if God is talking, and he says this. I dare you to believe how much I love you now. Now, without being corny, I want to dare you to trust God to simplify your life and start taking a Sabbath day every week. And then watch how he blesses you.